let me do a little ad for you for something that I actually run. The Like It Film Festival, filmfreeway.com slash we like it. Every year I run this film festival and this year it's gotten upgraded in a crazy way. Here's how it works. You submit your films and then the people who have co-founded this festival with me, Salty Mermaid, who has hundreds of thousands of followers, millions of views on TikTok, ASMR Kitten, again, hundred like like 70,000 followers across everything she does, thousands and thousands of views, me on Rizzle, million views there. You will have your work, whatever it is, a movie, a podcast, an animation, a music video, a script, web comics we even take, photography. It will get featured on these massive channels. We are, in fact, the world's largest film festival because your work is going to get seen by hundreds of thousands of people. That's filmfreeway.com slash we like it. We've teamed up with judges this year, including Rachel Kochevsky, who does hashtag cult with me. Who's going to be giving you if you if your your films or work is going to be viewed by her, and she's going to get to be able to tell you about any psychological expertise she has. The partnerships don't stop there. The judges and people involved, including Rizzle, who's presenting the film festival, are industry experts. We're talking College Humor, Huffington Post, Paramount Plus, uh, TBS, Conan. Um, I can't even think of all of them. These people are real industry people who are going to get to look at your work and give you some feedback and insight. Other festivals aren't having these intimate experiences where when you enter the Like It Film Festival, filmfreeway.com slash we like it, we bring your work to people that can A, get you views, B, give you insight, or C, actually interact with you and treat you like a professional. So go right now, enter your art at filmfreeway.com slash we like it. What you are about to hear is the Hashtag Cult Podcast. What is a Hashtag Cult? Hashtag Cults are groups that signal membership by using a hashtag or keyword. This allows the group to operate on many different sites and makes them difficult to pinpoint. They use the hashtag model to spread propaganda on a variety of social media platforms without having a central account. This is usually because their ideas are offensive or their methods of communicating are abusive and border on website policy violations. In this show, we will show you the coercive groups and cults hiding in plain sight on the internet. am I? Well, it's Mike here at the editing bay. No, 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 don't turn it off. Rachel's on this episode too. This is Hashtag Cult Podcast, the podcast about internet cults hiding in plain sight. Uh, if you don't know, this season is a serial style season. Go back to episode one and get caught up, especially with this long saga with an ex-MGTOW who goes by my black opinion on the internet. Uh, I've spoken to him at length. Me and Rachel have been going through it and we're going to bring you now to a really stunning comment that we showed on the last episode, which was the idea that My Black Opinion admitted when he was in MGTOW and Red Pill that his interaction with women in the workplace was shitty. Oh, yeah, working with women. Um, 
during that time, you know, they talked about like how in the workplace, like you probably don't want to associate yourself with women too much because there could be allegations or like they could say something or like accuse you of something, you know what I mean? So I kind of stayed clear, like maybe my, my conversations would be very short with women, mm-hmm. if that made sense. Um, if I needed to work with a woman, you know, I would work with a woman, but I wouldn't really start too many conversations at all. I wouldn't flirt with nobody. I would just do what I need to do when it comes to the workplace. When it came to relationships, I did not want to be in a relationship with anybody, uh, just in general. I just wanted to keep to myself. And, um, yeah, so for the workplace, that's how it was. For relationships, that's how it was. I didn't trust my own mother. Like, there, there was a lot of situations where I just, I just didn't trust people, especially when it came to that type of situation. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, this is where this yeah. dude just impresses, 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 and why I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt every single part of the way, because it's like, Wow. You just say it in a way that I hope, I hope every woman in the world hears this clip. I, I, I honestly do to just hear someone say, yeah, I was a dick to women because I was indoctrinated and taken over by misogyny in an extreme way and they never will know it until they hear this clip. Like, I just hope everyone, like it's in this investigation, it's been very hard to talk to people who care deeply you know, like me or like most normal people. And, but sometimes when they have a concentration in it, care deeply about feminist things and care deeply about the rights of women. And when we, we say to them sometimes, like, hey, you know, yeah, it's that, but it's also that it's a cult and they're using that, that misogyny to kind of push it towards cult and they're expecting you not to question it because of misogyny, but that thing's a cult. And there's been lots of times on this show where we go, yeah, but like, look at the cult element. Not look past the misogyny for a second, and it's really shitty mm-hmm. sometimes to say. And so they have this clip where someone goes, "I was an asshole because I thought women were shitty." It's like it makes up for every other time where we've had to say, "Look past the misogyny." It's like this is happening. It's a real thing, and someone's able to admit it on camera. It's one of my most prized clips in this entire investigation is to just hear someone say, I would talk shortly to them. I wouldn't interact with them. I try to avoid projects with them. It's like, boom. Mm-hmm. It was it was amazing. When he said that, when he said that, I had flashbacks of all of these men that I ever had to work with when I was working in an office that I remember distinctly being like, yo, I think this dude's a misogynist. And everybody's like, no, he's just shy and he's just, you know, weird. And it just I, I know that's confirmation bias, but he was that dude was definitely one of the first ones that popped into my head when he described how he interacted in the workplace. I was like, I had I had that series of dudes that treated me exactly like that. <laughs> it just like flashed through my mind. It, um, it, it was because. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. It's it's the validation like to you feel and and this is exactly the reverse of how MGTOW works, right? You feel validated <laughs> knowing that this person is outright telling you I did this. Yeah. And you're like, oh, my suspicions were real. <laughs> and I, I think about this all the time with um, 
not 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 just cults, but mental health. And it's like you and this goes back to the only real piece of advice I would ever give anyone, which is you don't know what's going on in somebody else. You know, you barely know what's going on in you, so they barely know what's going on in them, and you definitely don't know what's going on in them. And it's like it mm-hmm. just is 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 this thing of like it, you can feel cra- you, you you may never get the answer. You may never get the answer. And it it feels good to hear that someone was going through. It's like, you know, it's like when the, the, the most common form of it is, is uh, I can think of Dr. Drew and the rehab and stuff. And you, we watch that show, right? And you're like, oh, that person's on it. And you're like, there's plenty of people who when they find out that someone actually, you know, you might not get that classic 12-step thing of someone showing up and being like, you know, I did this thing to you. I apologize. You may never get it. And so this was, I hope that other yeah. people have this same moment with this clip. Like, oh, I'm not fucking crazy. Like th- that was happening. And, I, and I'm not, I'm not out of my mind mm-hmm. trying to help this person. And I hope that maybe this clip of hearing like that might've happened to you in some other non-misogyny way where someone's in a cult, like happened to me with my friend or someone's going through a mental health crisis and you're never going to get the apology. You're just going to have to trust no. that something's going on in them. Uh, yeah. And you just move forward with your life. Yeah. Um, that's what's hard about it. And and the other part is like, how dangerous is this person? Yeah. <laughs> right? Like that that was definitely something like that. That dude from the office, the first one, really creeped me out. He creeped me out a lot. And um, the other person that came up was uh, David Schwimmer. After the Me Too movement uh, blew up. I'm sorry. I'm just said, laughing. I was not expecting, yeah. out of all the words in the English language during this conversation, I just wasn't expecting David Schwimmer. Okay. I want to compose myself. Oh, yeah. So David Schwimmer, not David Ross. Schwimmer? Okay. So after, after the Me Too movement blew up, he would say, like he said, this is why anytime I have a meeting with a woman, I make sure that there's another person there. Like he refuses to meet with women unless there was one more person there. He would never meet one-on-one. Huh? <laughs> so yeah. The idea of, so the that idea he can avoid. There would be a false yeah. accusation is the implication there. Yeah. Mm. Exactly. Hmm. Exactly. And I was or is like. Or the implication is he. Uh, let's take that's my initial instinct in terms of people being gross is that that's what he means is the implication there to make someone feel safe because that is that what he's trying to say so in a stupid way that's how he that's how he framed it okay um sort of but it was also like so women could lose out on opportunities with you because they couldn't find somebody to meet with them at the same time like this is work this is a professional experience if you're meeting in a restaurant and you're meeting publicly why should they feel threatened yeah it's not great in if you're any conducting way you yourself it. if you're conducting yourself the way a professional and decent human being is conducting themselves they're not gonna feel threatened yeah, the only vibe I I don't know you know I don't know why people say any shit. I don't. Here's let me say it this way. Let me say first of all, I want to check quickly. You're still recording. It's still making waveforms and all that stuff. Yes. I need to do that a second. Yes, ago. it is. Okay. Okay. 
here's my side of it. You know, like how someone says something on Twitter and there's a big hubbubaloo about it. Let's take Roseanne, for example. Mm -hmm. Ignore what she actually said for just a second. If you have, like, I'm on Twitter. Rachel's on Twitter so that we can promote stuff because I'll tell you why. Because I'm not as famous as Roseanne Barr and I don't have a TV show on ABC. If I had one, I don't understand why Ross from Friends, who literally made a million dollars an episode. Dude, you don't have to say Mm -hmm. anything about anything Ever. I go beyond the stupid stuff people say and the implications of it. J.K. Rowling, Ross, Roseanne, whatever. It's like, shut up and play in your pool of money. Like, I don't understand yeah. what compels these people to, to, to keep thinking, like, uh, why do you need to say anything? <laughs> and my only instinct from this, and I don't know what he means by it, maybe we'll interview Ross, is the lady doth protest too much. I mean, wh- wh- mm. what are you trying to say? It's like, that's why I always have someone there, right? There's a witness to everything. It's like, okay, we didn't ask. We didn't ask for a witness. But exactly. Just shut exactly. up and play with your money. You know that with a million dollars, you can afford to buy an ATV every year, destroy it, and throw it away. And it wouldn't affect the rest of your <laughs> money. And yet these people feel a need to say anything anymore. I, it's that, that's Stupid the part that shit. amazes me. Like at least say something worth listening to. Well, that's well. They, you know what? I think you hit on something that these people just have massive egos, and they think everything they say is God's kneecap. A term I just made up to transition to clip <laughs> number sixteen because I have the word Dianu written down, which is a Jewish thing. <laughs> um. In certain situations, but there's somebody who I'm talking to right now um, and everything like that. Um, and and she's really freaking cool, like super freaking cool and everything. But unfortunately, because of past situations, I have massive trust issues. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think it came from a combination of the red pill and MGTOW my past relationships and and things of that sort piling up on top of each other. And, you know, we're working on stuff like that, but it becomes a toxic environment because you gain so much wounds. And then MGTOW and the red pill is just salt thrown onto the wound. <laughs> and so, you know, when you get into a new relationship, like you just – you just like you question a lot. You you really even question if this person is who she says she is. And so, um, I don't know, she really just worked with me. Like it was weird. Like she really worked with she really did all she can to show that I could trust her mm-hmm. in, in situations. And really just being associated and exposed to a woman like that. It, it really opens your eyes and helps you to detox from those type of situations. Oh, fellow member of the tribe here. I'm very familiar with Diana. So I, well, would you like to explain it? Because it's a mitzvah to explain the story of Passover. And you know what? I've got <laughs> enough mitzvahs. 
I, what I do is I take the mitzvahs and I put them in a vacuum bag and I suck it up and I st- I've got like 20 mitzvahs in a bag and I put it under the bed and during the winter I unzip it and have the mitzvahs. So if you want to explain it, I'm happy to. I will, <laughs> I'm also happy to explain it. It's all up to you. Would you like to explain, Dianu? Okay. Let, let's see if I could figure this out. Um, oh, shit. Okay. So Remember, God The listening. story is all about... He has every RSS feed. Oh, <laughs> yeah. He's always okay, it's this is getting so complicated. I mean, I haven't taught Judaism in so long. Okay. <laughs> G- yeah. Let, can I just not? Yeah. Not on okay. this one. <laughs> Give a listen. Okay. Here we go. Um, Dainu is the concept of the word literally means enough in Hebrew, and the idea mm-hmm. is that uh, the the plagues uh, are. Uh, it's a a song about the the Jews being freed from an exodus. And the idea is to be grateful to God for this exodus. Um, And the Passover story is very symbolic of... It's actually a... We've been shitting on religion a lot. The Passover story itself is a pretty fair way to take up a parable and uh, turn it into a nice way to look at the universe. And... The concept is these things, these good things that happened would have been enough to have your faith in the world. And that's this word enough, you know, Dainu. And so there's this thing in Passover being like, well, if he had just gotten rid of the Pharaoh, you know, Dainu, if he had just done this and it's this whole things of like, it would have been enough to feel justified in something. And that's how I always use it. And I've, I've actually said this to a few MGTOWs um, for several reasons. One, I always like telling people I think are bigoted that I'm Jewish. And two, um, mm-hmm. I, I, I think it's a really powerful thing that's objectively nice from the Old Testament. And so in this clip, I, I want to say this to people. He says, it's, you imagine going through that and it's salt on the wounds. I say this to everyone who has something with mental health. I say it to anyone who's been through trauma. Dianu, you don't need to prove it. Mm-hmm. It's enough. You tell me you're in pain, it's enough. You don't have to wait until it's so much pain that it's too much. You don't have to have a dainu. It's it's enough for you to prove to me that you need sympathy and empathy and compassion. I don't need to be proven more. You don't need to tell me a spectacular story. Dainu. And that was that was what I thought from this from this story here. Mm. Yeah. And lo, this is the bread of you affliction. Know- now everyone go in your home, podcast listeners. I've hidden a piece of matzah. It's the Afi Komen through podcast forms. That's only for our Patreon subscribers. You may ask yourself, we don't have a Patreon. That's how many pieces of matzah you'll find in your home. Okay, what would you what were you what were you gonna say? I'm thinking that his girlfriend is a saint. A, a what? Because is a saint. A saint, yeah. Because he says that like he's always suspicious of her like he says mm. i question her a lot is she even who she says she is yeah. right like what she has to live her life justifying everything right now to him and it sounds like he is appreciative of the efforts that she's making which is excellent like i'm i'm very happy to hear that but I know what that's like, where you feel like you have to justify everything you do mm-hmm. to a person that you are intimately involved with. And that sounds exhausting. 
like being suspected all the time for being untrustworthy. That's a lot. And so the fact that he's appreciating it and recognizing it as she's doing this to for our relationship and she's doing this because she knows that it's that I'm worth this effort. You know, like for him to realize that is wonderful. Yeah. He, I mean, my black opinion blows me away every time he, he, he says stuff like this. And I'll say it from another perspective, too, which is, um, you know, there's two lenses here. And now after you got the victory of hearing that the guy was a dick to people in the workplace, I'm going to kind of flip it a little bit here on the, 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 the feminist perspective. Um, when I hear you describe a woman having to justify everything to a man about all of her actions, I think, ooh, that's fucking rough uh, to, 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 to yep. have this misogyny in your life. But this is where the lens of cult really changes my perspective on it. And the lens of, more importantly, coercive relationships, which is what cults are. Um, coercive relationships, by the way, I like to remind people of terms um, if we don't say them for a while. That is when in a relationship, you're in a relationship with somebody that is being coaxed out of you. It may not be what you want, but it's sort of using manipulation to keep you in the relationship um, using lots of different tactics. And that is the, the, the essence of a cultic relationship. It's a coercive relationship, kind of manipulating you to be in this. It's not real love. It's a, a sort of facade. So from my perspective, you know, I've talked about my inspiration as my partner and she was in coercive relationships. And so when I hear her, 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 his girlfriend going through this, I relate and I'm happy he has someone like that because that is a big part of talking to someone who's a victim of trauma is assuring them. And you know, you can't do it all the time. It's very difficult, mm -hmm. but it's assuring them, you know, hey, this is, you're okay, you're safe now. It's, it's a lot of, you know, that might not work the first time and it's a lot of reassuring the person and you might not get through to them and it mightn't be something that they just need to figure out. But I, I did, I, I was happy to hear that someone was treating him knowing it was a coercive relationship and mm -hmm. I hope she knows, I didn't ask explicitly, but I hope she knows that this was something he went through and uh, she gets it because that would, that would make me uh, happy to hear. Um, so it is this thing where she's probably having to fight against the idea of, you know, women have that, where are you going? Why are you going out? You know, like they have that in spades. And so to mm -hmm. someone having to do it exactly. because of a coercive relationship is a little bit of a mind fuck that I, that I, could, I could see being a huge problem. And speaking of mind fuck, let's talk about personal <laughs> fucking when we talk about no masturbation in clip 17. One of the things that I think is quite offensive that doesn't really get brought up enough is mm -hmm. uh, the idea that they sort of portray being asexual as a superpower and a choice. That if you mm -hmm. do this, you'll gain powers in life. Did you mm -hmm. have a different relationship with masturbation and sex when you were in MGTOW and Red Pill? Um, I think for me personally, <laughs> believe it or not, I would say that I'm more ace or more demi personally. Mm -hmm. um, I don't really think about, you know, fucking everybody or like, or like doing anything of that. So, so I kind of am in a similar situation. Mm -hmm. But um, in my humble opinion, believe it or not, when it comes to NoFap, um, I, I personally think that it's a placebo effect. Mm -hmm. um, 
Explain you know, that. I don't. So, so NoFab is pretty much like a movement online. It kind of has a lot to do with the red pill, and not really a lot to do, but they kind of intertwine. Mm-hmm. Um, and they claim that you know, with NoFab or not fapping, that you could become a stronger, more um, I don't know, alpha male or something, or gain more superpowers or like. But personally, I don't really believe in it. I think that everybody works differently. Um, I feel like if it works for you, it works for you. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Um, but mm-hmm. you know, it's. I think it's different for everybody. I'm gonna imagine Rachel has a lot to say about this thing of not masturbating. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Rachel. I mean. Listen, I am a believer in bodily autonomy. This means that your body belongs to you. You could do whatever you want with it. And anyone else who has a body can do whatever they want with it. As long as everything is consensual. Because otherwise you're violating bodily autonomy of another person, right? So each person has to consent to anything that's done to their body or not done to their body. So if somebody wants to no fap... And like, that's what they're trying to do. I'm not here to say don't do it. My biggest issue is the motivator for this activity. Why are they told not to masturbate? What is the purpose of this? What are they supposed to gain from it? What happens when they don't gain what they're looking for? You know, like, I don't see an issue with, like, fasting from certain things, whether it be food or masturbation or sex. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just, what is the purpose you're doing this for? Why are you stopping yourself from enjoying your body in this way? What do you think you're going to gain? So let's put this one up on the big board. We have MGTOW, we have Flat Earth, we have Red Pill, we have... uh John Sanmez and his whole thing. Um, here's one that we missed. Why don't we throw QAnon in there? Throw QAnon in. Someone did ask no, me about okay. that. Let's throw Mud Fossil in there. The episode I did about people believing pieces of dirt they find are dinosaurs and dragons and robots. Um, let's throw up there <laughs> NoFap. I did not know this. I had believed until a bit of digging that NoFap was a terminology used by MGTOW, but NoFap in itself is a movement um, and, and possibly a hashtag yes. cult. Um and uh, their motivators are varied and sundry um, in terms of, uh, I think this is a good place to say, you know, what are the motivators? Um, let's talk about, so he's talking about NoFap lining up, the group lining up with MGTOW in some ways. Um, but let's talk about just exclusively what we know MGTOWs believe about um, not masturbating. Um, so I'm going to not use the word no fat because I think it's um, the, the one, the thing I always compare it to is a free the nipple. There's often mm-hmm. and, and, um, Chris Shelton controversially points out that there's a website called black lives matter that say things different than the idea of uh, the actual movement of black people's rights. And so he wanted to point that out to people. Um, but, and same with free the nipple, there's an organization behind it, but women, and femininity is different than an organization, black rights. And what the hashtag becomes is more important than some website that started it. Yes. I say knowing that I want more people, oh, but maybe I invented the word hashtag cool, but it's okay. It is more important to help society. <laughs> but um, <laughs> uh, 
So I'm not going to use the word nofap in this because it is something that's been pointed out to me by many people in this that it's its own organization. It's its own, let's call it a hashtag cult. We're going to use what, let's get sex, doctorate, what are we, what can, what's the most fancy term I can use here to get people to really hear this for you, Rachel, that we can say like sex something, sex therapist, sex, what's, give me a doctor or a, a P. I mean, sexologist. Sexologist, is a term. okay. Mm -hmm. I, let's run by sexologist, Rachel, the things that don't happen if you don't masturbate. Will you become financially wealthy? <laughs> no. Okay. So if you are worried that if you masturbate and you will lose money, don't sweat it. You're fine. Uh, gain physical strength. No. Okay. Um, you will not. Uh, sharper mental acuity to the schemes and sconniving of the women matriarchy running society. <laughs> no. Okay. So, myths busted, everyone. <laughs> Those are the things that they genuinely believe not masturbating will do. And I've heard more extreme ones than that. Um, yeah. It was. It. I mean, I, I also understand this, right? Like, again, remember how I entered this like coaching space and all of that. And so a lot of similarities in that there were a lot of a lot of men on this like team talking about no fap November. Um, they were also talking about what was it? Right. Like. Oh, I'll, I remember you mentioning this in an earlier episode, you know, like working out and being fit. Mm. Um, like fitness was a big one and all I'm seeing here where the pseudoscience behind it is if you can control your body and get it to be at its maximum, right? And that means that you're not distracting it with anything unnecessary like women and masturbation, right? Like you're, you're keeping yourself focused, and you're making yourself as strong as possible, you will have access to other things, right? You will have access to success because people will respond better to you. You will feel more confident and you're going to put yourself out there in that way. You're going to take more risks because you have all of these other things going on. So they do make all of these promises and these promises sound like they make sense. And I also don't see them very any differently as like the secret. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to get a lot of shit for this. I have to tell you because there are a lot of therapists that use stuff like that, like manifest what, you know, like what you want. I mean, there is something to that in that like, where are you putting your energy? Mm -hmm. Are you putting your energy into things that are, like keeping you behind or are you putting your energy towards success? Are you trying to avoid failure? Or are you trying to move towards something that is good for you or productive, right? That makes sense, right? Because when you avoid, you're, you're doing something that takes from your energy, like literally. Yeah. <laughs> you get tired from avoiding things. But once we start talking about manifesting your destiny, it is not very different. It is using similar kinds of tropes and language as these hashtag cults. 
the idea of when you put yourself out there that way, you are going to call into the universe and you're going to get this thing. I've heard this shit from so many people. That's crazy. And that's how I knew to stop. Yeah. That's how I knew I was like, oh, I need to get out of this now. Yeah. And I think that if I can say something not in defense of anyone doing that or in defense of any therapist saying that, but like, you know what? Uh, this is kind of a thought I've been formulating, which is like most of these groups where they say stuff like that end up handing out a piece of paper and telling you to write down your goals. And mm-hmm. it's kind of like, man, if your shit boils down to write down your goals or buck up, smarty, you know, cheer, buck up, buck up, pal. It'll be fine. It's not very hard therapy and right. that's not really anything a fortune cookie couldn't do. So like – <laughs> yeah, maybe it works for you have a lot of success because a lot of people don't have any serious issues and they need someone to say buck up and write down your goals. But like it's you don't really understand the human condition. You, you, you know, that's that's it's kind of this this thing I'm trying to formulate lately. And it's like it's like, OK, yeah, writing down your goals and getting someone to, to getting a little bit of a, a motivation. That's nice. But like it's not the inner workings of your mind and it's not how the rest of the world works. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. Therapists say that shit yeah. to people manifest. Something? Well, therapists will, will use known information. Um, so, okay. There's this whole thing about the stoics, right? And so I know that MGTOW talks about being stoic oh, yeah. and this is how you know that they never read anything by Marcus Aurelius, yeah. right? Like, because Marcus Aurelius was never about not um, not being in touch with your emotions. It was all about use that information. Use it. It's good information, but you don't need it to lead you. You don't need your emotions to determine how you're going to respond to something. Right? You can You can use that as oh shit, that feeling that I have, that anger that I'm feeling inside of me, that's because some shit is going down. And that's why I'm feeling angry. How am I going to respond now? I knew the they had never and the red pills Marcus Aurelius that up. because my, my, my first proof, you're hearing it now, that I knew they had not read Marcus mm-hmm. Aurelius is because I've asked a lot of them what stoicism is. And this is the first time someone said Marcus Aurelius. So I'm pretty sure they've never read anything by them. And I mostly talked about Mr. Spock from uh, uh, the television show Star Trek, which they also hadn't watched. Yeah. So problematic. Um, On a positive (laughs) note, here's something you don't hear often in clip number 18. Men fucking talking about masturbation. Yeah, I I tend to agree. I I have more of an issue... With the idea that someone would tell anyone what to do with their body, especially with sex. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that that's so weird that I think that that alone would cause some amount of trauma if you're listening to a toxic group telling you not to mm-hmm. masturbate. Um, yeah. Did that affect yeah. you at all in your views and things or? Um, yeah. So, I mean, I mean, this might be TMI, but. I no, mean, there's no such thing as TMI. Go ahead. All yeah, the I. But- so, I mean, when I do it, believe it or not, I gain, like, four hours of extra energy. <laughs> like, like I could stay up four more hours. Like, my body works weird. Like, 
No, that's like, normal I, to I have feel sing. better from masturbation. That's no, yeah. That's normal for a lot of people. Yeah, believe it or not, like let's say it's two o'clock in the morning or something. If I do it, I could stay up until like six or something. But if I don't, <laughs> then I just go to sleep or something. It's weird, but that's kind of TMI. But um, I mean, I can't focus. Like if I don't do it, I can't. I can't function really. You know what I mean? I mean, personally, I'm a grown adult now. You know what I mean? So I have stuff that I need to get done. I don't have time to to try out stuff. You know what I mean? I, I don't have time. I need to pay my bills. You know what I mean? So I can't really just be like, oh, like, what if I gain super? Because I need to focus. So I don't know. Maybe if you're 14 and you want to try it for a few months, I mean, I mean, you can. But I just think everybody works differently. And also about what you do with your body and everything, um, I kind of, again, I was raised in more of a Christian household, you know what I mean? I believed in like hoes and thoughts and everything. In my humble opinion, as I get older, instead of being like, this girl's a hoe or this girl's a thought, I more think of it as like, this girl isn't the girl for me. Because in my humble opinion, there might be a girl who likes sex, and there might be a guy who likes sex. And they, that might be the couple for them. Maybe they could have an open relationship with them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Instead of just me labeling, oh, you're a thought because you like sleeping around or something, I kind of, nowadays, I'm more thinking, like, maybe you're just not the girl that biologically I like as a person if that makes sense so i'm really trying to evolve i'm really trying to um grow in in general and i'm i'm still trying to figure things out just like everybody else you know Mm -hmm. man another victory clip that's like here's a guy saying how he honestly feels about masturbation it's ridiculous yep that we don't hear this enough yeah Oh, not only did he say like, hey, I kind of need this because it like it allows me to just live my life. I'm not I'm not in this brain fog of needing to to jerk off, basically. Um, like there's some value to that, right? There's some value to just like being present in that. Um, I wish men spoke about masturbation more and I wish they didn't speak about it as like a task to get done. Mm. and that's sort of how like he's still there and i think most men are Mm -hmm. one of the things that that we learned in sex school right is like we we used to have to watch these clips and um they were mostly porn and we needed to process them (laughs) we needed to sit there and be like what did you notice what were you feeling is this at your limit and we would be like we needed to know like what we were uncomfortable with Mm -hmm. So that we don't discover that when we're in front of a client who's telling us about oh, their sexual proclivities. Yeah, so they're called um, sexual attitude reassessments, right? So you know what your sexual attitude is towards certain things. And I saw a beautiful clip. It really like, it was beautiful only because you just never hear of this or see this. But this man just like, took his time with his body he wasn't just trying to orgasm he was just like i'm gonna take a break now and i'm just gonna touch it 
I'm going to look at it. I'm going to look at it in front of a mirror. He like just took his time with his body. The whole clip, they, they obviously needed to fast forward because this was school. But the whole <laughs> clip was like, like an hour and a half yeah. of this man just like being with his penis. And I was like, why can't we have that? <laughs> why can't we just have pleasure for the sake of pleasure? That's not goal oriented. You know, and that's what I want to hear more about. You know, I had made, uh, I'm going to talk, I, I've made a lot of documentaries. And uh, one of the reasons is um, there was an era in which, this shows making an amount of money and being educational. There was an era in which you could make money making movies for Amazon Prime. You could make quite a bit of money mm-hmm. making content. So I would make a documentary every two weeks. And one of the ones I made was wow. about, um, and so, yeah, a lot of times they were very minimally edited and we put it out there, but they were pretty interesting. And I think one of the best ones to come out of it was a movie I made called Male Sex Toys. And it was just asking men about and uh, women and some some trans and queer people about how they view men in masturbation. And, and the, the, the bulk of the topic was why is it that men don't talk about buying sex toys? And that was like a big element of it. And it is crazy how resistant men are to them it's crazy how resistant Mm -hmm. and every excuse in the book was thought of and every time i would say no there's cheap ones why why not buy it this idea they go okay okay well what's the you know do this thing do that thing it was every excuse in the book and it was really interesting to see people try and like avoid that and i think it's it's fascinating that again it's this problem where you have a group of people who wants something, and then when they're given a solution that isn't the masculine version, somehow they resist it. You you know, you tell them, here's a better facsimile for what you want. Um, It may satiate you better, and they resist every step of the way. It's, It's a weird pride thing in a lot of ways. If you or someone you know has experienced a hashtag cult, is trapped in a hashtag cult, or you have been affected by any group mentioned in this show, go to hashtagcult.org for resources or to get in touch with the show. We want to hear your story. Let me do a little ad for you for something that I actually run. The Like It Film Festival, filmfreeway.com slash we like it. Every year I run this film festival and this year it's gotten upgraded in a crazy way. Here's how it works. You submit your films, and then the people who have co-founded this festival with me, Salty Mermaid, who has hundreds of thousands of followers, millions of views on TikTok, ASMR Kitten, again, like like 70,000 followers across everything she does, thousands and thousands of views, me on Rizzle, million views there, You will have your work, whatever it is, a movie, a podcast, an animation, a music video, a script, web comics we even take, photography. It will get featured on these massive channels. We are, in fact, the world's largest film festival because your work is going to get seen by hundreds of thousands of people. That's filmfreeway.com slash we like it. We've teamed up with judges this year, including Rachel Klachewski, who does hashtag cult with me. Who's going to be giving you if you if your your films or work is going to be viewed by her, and she's going to get to be able to tell you about any psychological expertise she has. The partnerships don't stop there. The judges and people involved, including Rizzle, who's presenting the film festival, 
are industry experts. We're talking College Humor, Huffington Post, Paramount Plus, uh, TBS, Conan. Um, I can't even think of all of them. These people are real industry people who are going to get to look at your work and give you some feedback and insight. Other festivals aren't having these intimate experiences where when you enter the Like It Film Festival, filmfreeway.com slash we like it, we bring your work to people that can A, get you views, B, give you insight, or C, actually interact with you and treat you like a professional. So go right now, enter your art at filmfreeway.com slash we like it.